Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to join us today for what we're going to cover. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and we have many different types of business creators who tune in every single week. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have folks who help others build their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the levers as you run your businesses. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated. Helps us help more business creators just like you. Make sure to subscribe. Fresh content added every single week. We are now well over 100 episodes. The movement continues to grow. Today, we are going to get into the topic of positioning your brand for ultimate success. How would you feel if your marketing engaged, built relationships, and provided a memorable experience for your prospects? You have influence, impact, and confidence, and this is entrepreneurship at its best. There is a big distinction between branding, marketing, and sales, and we're going to get into that. There are also many different definitions of branding. Uh, I have my definition. Uh, You may have your definition, and our guest expert, who I'll reveal in just one moment, has her definition. Marketing bridges branding and sales. See, there is a correlation between the three, and today the key word is engagement. If your marketing doesn't get the conversation going, you're missing a critical piece of the business success puzzle, you're sabotaging your sales and leaving money on the table, and that all starts with branding. Today, I am very excited to have with us Abigail Tiefenthaler of Sweet Spot Strategies, the daughter of a madman. In other words, like uh, like if you think of that TV show Mad Men, Abigail Tiefenthaler is the founder of Sweet Spot Strategies Incorporated. She's passionate about helping entrepreneurs take their passion and turn it into an advantage that makes them the go-to leader in their market. With over 30 years of branding and marketing experience, including 15 years in corporate America and 18 years as an entrepreneur running a business that put her in the top 5% of her industry, Abigail understands how critical it is to use marketing for the heavy lifting it's designed to do. Her goal is simple, which is to simplify the marketing process and eliminate confusion. Abigail helps her many clients look at the bigger vision of their business so they can plan for growth and implement their creative genius in a way that makes them stand out from the crowd, create a loyal following, and feel good about what they do for a living. All of this starts with branding. Abigail is the co-founder of a monthly women's networking group that teaches, inspires, and motivates women entrepreneurs to create a thriving community. And she is a partner in an online community for women in direct sales. On a personal note, Abigail loves traveling with her husband of 25 years and spending time with her college-age daughters. She enjoys entertaining and making her guests feel welcome in her home. This is one place where she and I differ just a little bit. My home is my hole in the wall and nobody can come in. But we are going to, with open arms, welcome welcome Abigail inside the Business Creators Radio Show right now. Welcome aboard. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
Okay. Thank you very much. All right. We have a ton to cover here, and we are going. this is going to be a fast-paced interview, so I want everybody in the audience to get your pens and paper out and get ready to take some notes. Once we get into this, I'll be sitting right next to you with my pen and notepad out because I'm always looking for that slight edge that moves my business forward as well. We are in this together to win at the game of business and marketing. Before we do that, what I'd like to do is just sort of take a step back a little bit. You heard me read Abigail's very impressive bio, but what we'd like to do here is sort of get to a little bit more of a personal level and find out what it is that has brought our guests to their intersection of brilliance and passion. So basically, Abigail, tell me how you got here. I think I was just born into it. I, right. I truly, I, I, I use my father as the example, but I've been a marketing baby since I was old enough to talk and listen. So um, it, where I am now, though, as a, as a consultant is, you know, the intersection of having spent time in corporate America, having spent time as an entrepreneur, and then getting involved in the small business community of women who were trying to figure out plans A, B, C, Ds, Es, whatever it was that right. they needed in their life. And um, they needed consulting help. They needed support. And so that's how I ended up starting Sweet Spot. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, all of our listeners know there's a question I ask all of our guest experts. We hear the drum roll beating in the distance. And here it comes. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that we suggest they do, except for time and money. This is a question we ask every expert who appears on the Business Creators Radio Show. What I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So, Abigail, how do time and money apply and impact this whole concept of branding that we're going to cover here today? It's, it's a great question because it's part of a three-leg stool. And it, I also add effort to that mix because we can spend no money but take a lot of time and effort, or we can spend a lot of money and take less time and effort. So um, how, how does it impact it? it? It's definitely a part of the equation. Anybody who wants to build a business needs to look at marketing and at branding, marketing, and even sales support as an investment in their business. Right. So, you know, it's, it's necessary. It's critical. There's going to be a money, time, and energy equation to their each person's business. I've never heard that one before. I love this question because we always learn something new. So I'm asking about time and money, and you're saying it's actually a three-legged stool, time, money, right. and effort. Yeah. I like that a yeah. lot. Well, think about it this way. If you're doing something you really, really love to do, chances are an hour is going to feel like it took five minutes. If you're doing something that is just drudgery to you and, it's, and it, you just don't want to do it, an hour could feel like an entire day and right. set you up to not be able to do anything later. For a lot of people, marketing becomes, you know, that heavy drudgery that um, they don't even want to address because they, it's a challenge to them. Right. And, you know, what is very interesting here is uh, that's very true. You know what I've also noticed is when I need the time, it just seems to fly by. 
when I wish time would right. go by, it crawls by a minute at a time. I, like today, for instance, <laughs> I'm in this huge, massive action mode. I have a whole bunch of deliverables that I promised. I'm way overdue on a bunch of things. I'm stretched thinner than a thread. I have, <laughs> I as you can as you can probably hear, I got a little something going on. My voice isn't all it's supposed to be today. I hope I'm not getting sick again or something. You know, rare as that happens out here in beautiful, gorgeous Las Vegas. Uh, and I cannot believe how fast time is going. It's like, you know, here we are where we're still only 9 a.m. Pacific, but, uh, you know, it feels like it's gone by in a snap, but I've already been at this for about four or five hours. It's just crazy, crazy right. how, how it goes. But if I were waiting on something or I uh, had something where I was kind of stuck because I knew I had to jump into something else in a half hour, so I couldn't really get into anything new, that time will just drag by. Or if it's something Absolutely. where I'm really up against something major, it's like, okay, this is only supposed to take 30 minutes. So how does it feel like I've spent seven minutes on this? I'm already three and a half hours in. You know, I am a right. human being and I'm supposed to get rest and stuff like that. And I think every entrepreneur goes through that. It's, it's the entrepreneur's dilemma. But what I'd like to do now is start diving into this. Um, and there are a series of things that we're going to help get out into the world here today. And the first of which is, Abigail, you want to draw the distinction between branding and marketing. So if you could tell us something about that. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, I, you know, to me, branding is all about who you are, what you do, why you do it, who you serve, how you serve them, and why you serve them. It's uh, part of the component. Part of branding is the you component, and part of branding is your ideal customer component. And it shows up in content. It shows up in positioning. It shows up in graphics. It shows up in your name, your tagline, and a lot of those elements. Marketing is one-way communication to a potential target group. Marketing is once you have a strategy in place, and a strategy is really a bigger vision as to what you want to accomplish, marketing then really becomes tactical in nature. So it's all those activities that you're doing, and the strategy is what keeps those activities focused and aligned on a single goal. And that's how I differentiate the two. I see. Now, what I'd like to do just to add even further clarity is have you take this just one step further and draw a distinction sure. that is still frequently missed, even though it's covered in almost every piece of learning about entrepreneurship, the difference between marketing and sales. That's easy. It's, it's so easy sometimes that and simple that people go, oh, my goodness, you're absolutely right. Marketing is one-way communication. Sales is two. Okay. When you are talking to somebody – your marketing. When they start talking back, in other words, they're asking for more information, they're asking for pricing, they're asking for timing or process or whatever. When they start getting into that, oh, I'd like to know more, you're in a sales conversation. Right. And I encourage people all the time to make it easy for people to have a sales conversation with you. Um, I also like to draw this distinction between being available and being accessible so that you keep control of your life and your own schedule and you manage all this stuff effectively. Available means you're just kind of hanging out there. Accessible means that there's a step to get to you, 
but it's very possible to get to you. You're not hiding up in a tower somewhere, some anonymous name that nobody can ever <laughs> hope to reach. Uh, it's like uh, that. That's that's the key difference. And I just wanted to take that opportunity to bring it out. I bring it up every time I get a chance to do so. And sometimes it's the little things, like if you are sending out broadcast emails to your list, which just about all of our listeners do. Whatever you do, do not send out your broadcast emails from an address that says no reply, and don't have a thing where if somebody replies to your e-newsletter or that email broadcast you sent out that it says we typically respond to all inquiries within 48 hours a ticket has been created because if somebody replied to your e-newsletter that means they're interested right i agree with you and and if and if and if if they're telling you to f off then you you can make their day i mean it's uh it's kind of funny how that is um because no matter what if you got people responding that means your message is making an impact one way or another why would you why would you throw ice on that and I'm going to point out for those of us who are very focused on things like email deliverability and open rates and actually getting through when we send these emails, when you are sending your email broadcasts from a real address that if somebody replies to it, a human being will receive it, and then you reply back, you have established a sales conversation in your emails which will yeah. impact your algorithms, which will increase the deliverability of your emails. All of the major providers are ranking emails that go out in terms of whether they're just simply, you know, promotional versus whether they're a valuable email. At least, you know, you know what I mean. At least in part, yes, they do. On whether or not a person can interact with it, and whether there's a history of email exchange. So again. Just wanted to bring that up as well because you we were talking about business creation. You know, ideas tend to flow when we get these conversations going. Uh, that's a sales conversation, and when your branding and your marketing sparks that, you're kind of bringing things full circle. So right, and, and, and actually, Adam, one of the things that is also very true is that same applies on social media. So if you're starting a conversation in a Facebook group. Uh, you want to be there to answer and respond as people are engaging. That's what improves your visibility on Facebook, and it, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, which is creating engaging content on Facebook. Let's take, let's so. take a slight segue there because you bring up something very interesting since we are discussing branding. Um, right. Have you noticed, and I do this myself, and, this, and, I, and, I, and I test this, I will post things not all the time because you know you can this is something you can definitely wear out but I will post something on my Facebook or my LinkedIn that is intended to be provocative not in an in your face right. sort of way but I'll bring up something that people may think is a is a touchy subject or something that really gets to the core of our emotions and it doesn't right. really matter whether you agree with me or disagree with me I don't care I just want you to engage I have got. Right. I have done that, and I've had conversations go on for three days where I could not log into the old blue book without having the latest twenty ad additions to that conversation. The likes and the comments just piling up, and right. that is a function of branding because it shows a position and it shows a side of your personality. It's like your personal branding. Um, I think a mistake you make is when you say when you post things that are defamatory or that uh, take a position that deliberately excludes others or you post right. some meme that shows a picture of a politician with a caption that has a word that begin that ends in the letters IST that is not branding right. that's a mistake what other mistakes do right. people make 
right. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, if, if my mother, you know, if, if it's not something that you would say to your mother, I wouldn't post it on Facebook. Right. And, there, you know, if it's not something you would say directly to somebody's face, I wouldn't post it on Facebook. There's so many different ways to, to show your share, your, your perspective and your point of view that you really don't have to rant, be politically, socially, morally incorrect. And, and you know, I occasionally have no filter, but I, in a million years, you know, write it out if you have to and then delete it before you post uh-huh. it. That's a key point. Uh, right before, I mean, if you've not yet clicked the blue post button, there's still time. Guess what? There's still time afterwards. You can you always can... go and hit delete. Yes. You know, we, we can edit posts for, for grammar and spelling. We can hit delete when we realize maybe we shouldn't have said that. I, you know, it's not out there forever and ever. We, can't, we do have a little bit of control. And we, if we're not going to have the control before we write it, we certainly have a little bit of control after we've published it. So. Yep, and I think that's another branding mistake. If you make a mistake in the first place, not undoing the mistake, because you can always, right. I mean, not always, because some things can be very bad, but I still think that there's a way around it. So uh, tell me some of the other mistakes you see people make with their branding and or their marketing. I, I think a huge mistake that, is is very often made is that people is that a lot of business owners really appear to be all over the place. Yeah. You know, they they're interested in in shouting from a mountaintop instead of really trying to address issues that people want to hear about. So, you know, they're barking as opposed to um they're as opposed to to really trying to listen and understand what it is that will help their customers or their prospects. That's a huge thing. Um, the other thing, of course, especially in social media and to a fair extent in, um, actually this is true online or offline, uh, a lot of people sell instead of seed. And, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeding your ability and your expertise and products and services that you offer. But when you're out there just, you know, slamming everybody with this, Oh, buy this, or I need five people more, or you know, I, 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 I have this great product, or whatever it is. It it just comes across as uh, a turnoff. So those are those are two things. Um, I think a, a mistake a lot of people do is they think they're marketing, and they have no content structure. They have no activity. You know, they, they haven't taken a look at frequency, media, and content to lay out a plan so that everything that they're doing is trying, again, to move a prospect forward in their own decision-making process. Yeah. So they're just kind of like throwing spaghetti against a wall yep. and waiting for an outcome. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, we, we discussed that extensively here at Help My Website Sell, which is my company. Uh, the difference between driving traffic to your website, which is something that I think nobody should be doing, versus attracting targeted visitors to your web pages. Little bit right. of a semantic shift, big impact on your bottom line, big benefit to your branding. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, ideally, 
Nike shows up the same way every single time. That's why all we need to do is see the swoosh, and we know it's Nike. Yes. McDonald's, all we need to do is see Golden Arches, and we know yes. it's McDonald's. Uh-huh. So with with me, I've everything in my – wherever you go, whether it's to Twitter, to LinkedIn, my business card, a flyer I'm doing for an upcoming program, everything has my logo on it. Everything is the same colors. The, the feeling of the type of things I do are very consistent. I show up consistently. And I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if the business world really understands how important it is to do that. And I, and I think there's a reason why that happens. I, I think there's a lot of small business owners out in the world today that have heart and that have passion and have expertise. And somebody down the line said, you have a great product, you should sell it. Somebody else said, you know what, you should be in business by yourself and you should sell what you do. Or they came to that conclusion on their own. You know what, I make a great product, I'm going to sell it. And then they skip these foundational elements of branding and marketing and they go immediately to the sales function. So now they feel like they have to convince, they, they feel like they have to talk to everybody um, they don't have clear message. They don't know how to convert. They don't understand how to qualify a potential client. So they have to do so much work in the sales process. That's right. why people say they hate sales. You know, um, when I go and I do networking, um, and even when I have like prospecting calls with people, if somebody's asking me this, this following question, I know that something's wrong. What do you do? Yeah. If I like, let's say I'm, let's say I'm in a seminar and uh, I've managed to, you know, pull up together enough energy to do that networking stuff when I'd rather just hide in my room, you know, you know, introverts of the world unite separately, that sort of thing. Um, somebody asks me what I do, I don't answer it. I turn the conversation immediately around to things that they need, things that matter to them, and I look for where I fit. I create my, I, I position myself as either the natural solution, or if I don't see that I belong there, I just don't mention it. Right, and that's called consultative selling. Exactly, right? exactly, exactly. It, does, right. it, does, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't need my narrative of what I do. You need to know uh, how we can solve your problems, make your dreams come true, move you forward, whatever it is. And since I can't right. do that for everybody, I'm not going to have a meaningless small talk conversation with somebody where we exchange narratives because I find that they tend to go absolutely nowhere. And uh, and uh, in most cases, and if they do go somewhere, it's usually because somebody did a lot of extra backtrack work that didn't have to right. happen. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Now here's now here's another um, element of branding mistakes, and uh, I just thought of this while you were sharing some of your list of mistakes is not doing some basic research before right. stamping something. I'm going to give you an example uh, that happened last year, I believe it was. There was a social media marketing firm. I believe they were in Texas. Uh, they specialized in local businesses. I think it was mostly bars and restaurants, and they named. Okay their company, Strange Fruit Marketing. Did you hear okay. about this one? I did not, no. Okay. Strange Fruit is the name of a, of a very, 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 very famous and emotionally charged song from 1939 sung by Billie Holiday about lynching. Oh, wow. The Strange, okay. fruit, the strange fruit 
is what grows from the tree after, uh, as a result of the blood that drips down after they lynch the guy. Okay. They were run out of business. Right. That's and what, I for mean, two reasons. Number one, because they just didn't think to do a quick check to see if strange fruit meant something that other than what they thought it meant, number one. And number two, once the whole thing broke, they didn't say nothing. Right. They didn't even try. They just yanked all their stuff down and disappeared. Yeah. One I'm, th- of, I'm one thinking, of the I'm thinking, come on, come on. You got all the publicity in the world. You can turn this around. You could turn this into a speaking tour. Yeah. Just say they, something. They didn't know how to, yeah. They didn't know how to do reputation management, obviously, right. or have anybody support them in that. But I, I remember in school learning about the uh, the the Nova, the the, the car. The, yes. I think it was a Chevy Nova, and trying to uh, launch it in the the South American market and ha- and having it bomb because Nova in Spanish means no go. So yeah. Why would anybody want to buy a car that wasn't going to be reliable in their eyes? Yep. Um, there's a lot of that. You know, there there really is a lot of that. So. That's why I think, you know, in, in, as a part of marketing, if you take a look at the old traditional marketing uh, p- process, it was price, product, packaging, and promotion. I remember that, the four Ps. The four Ps. And, and now they have seven Ps, which include, include people and places and all kinds of things. And research is such a critical part of the marketing process. And it has to be done, whether you're doing something as simple and, and fundamental as a SWOT analysis, which, you know, for those that may or may not know what it is, it's a, a four-quadrant uh, um, scale where you're looking at your internal strengths, internal weaknesses, your external threats, opportunities, and your external threats. Right. And, you know, you've got to have an idea of where you are in the marketplace. There's a lot of coaches out there that say, you're unique, nobody else is like you, but let's be real, we're all fighting for share of dollar. Right. And share of dollar means that, you know, if you're not investing in marketing, maybe you're going out and buying the newest technology, or maybe you're investing in hardware for your business or whatnot. You know, everything is always share of dollar. Yes. It helps for you to understand where you fit in a competitive scale. Um, and that's uh, you can't really do that if you're not doing any research. And then on the flip side, if you're spending money in marketing and you're not using any type of analytics, you're wasting your money because if the purpose of marketing is supposed to be an investment in your business, which means if you put a dollar in, you should get at least a dollar back. And so you need to be able to measure that. You measure that through analytics of how something performs. That's very true. Uh, and, you know, another thing, a point I like to make is, uh, is take this for what it's worth, Abigail. You haven't really said anything all that revolutionary here. And there's very little that I say that's revolutionary. No. What matters is the brand through which the message is delivered. Correct. Yeah, they, they can get the information you share from 20 different places. They can get the information I share from 20 different places. Uh, we've had uh, we've had like a dozen copywriters 
15 social media experts. I think you're about our fourth person on branding on the Business Creators Radio Show. And all of you right. who have come on and spoken about branding and all the ones we'll have on branding in the future, because it's a topic I like to visit at least a couple times a year, are going to have a different background, a different message, a different method of communication, and a different set of beliefs about it. That then that's right. what makes it interesting. That's what makes Abigail compelling. Right. Thank you. I yes. mean, the three-leg stool you thought was a little interesting. I, yes. I'm going to remind you of that. But, you, you know, so to get back to the branding conversation then, it, a lot of branding experts will focus on the idea of the you, your why, your target audience, you know, your value mission, um, your vision, those, those type of elements. And then they won't spend so much time after you've, identified your target audience in broad strokes. When you're doing branding work with me, I spend most of the time on the, on the why of your customer because I'm a huge fan of psychographics as opposed to demographics. Right. And I'm a huge fan of understanding how do you solve somebody else's problem. Well, that takes you out of the conversation and puts the focus on the problem or the target. So it's, it's, I, I like to take a look at it from that perspective and because if I can figure out what you are and how you show up and who you want to serve and how you want to serve them and why you want to serve them, now we can create a positioning. Now we actually can position you as the brand or branding person with heart or the, you know, the, the entrepreneur's marketer, you know, the, exactly. it, however you you want to be positioned. All right. I need to stop you right there. We're about halfway through here. Uh, but what we need to do here is we need to take out the dictionary for a minute because you've introduced okay. a couple things that are very important that I want to make sure we get on the table out in front for all of us. Uh, two words you mentioned that we need to define because they're so important to this branding process. The first is, tell us more about positioning. Positioning is all about getting you it is taking the sum total of your brand so that you can, in a very few words, know what you are. And that then we can go and use the tactical parts of marketing to help you show up in that way. So a good example is Huddle House. Huddle House is a chain of, um, you know, breakfast and lunch places. And they, their positioning is good food fast. It's not fast food good. It's not good fast food. It's good food fast. So they're focusing on providing good food, and they're focusing on providing it fast. And that's their positioning is good food fast. And, you know, I, I think that's a great example of positioning. How yes. are they positioned versus any other restaurant that you can stop at off of 95 or any major highway, and, you know, where, where they serve? So that's what I say about positioning. Right. The next word, psychographics. Can I take demographics first? Do you mind? I figured that's going to be one you're going to ask. Okay, you're right. Positioning, demographics, and then psychographics. So demographics, right. so, so go ahead. De demographics is what most people think of when they're talking about their ideal target audience. Men, women, married, single, old, young, rich, poor, whatever, right? They're definable you know, think of the think of the census, uh, and they're they're who the the people are. 
in a define. Psychographics are how people think and how people do things. So you can take two 40-year-old women who both live in the same gated community, both drive, uh, they're gonna, they may drive different cars, but they both have 13-year-old children, they're both married, and one may feed their child organic food and, you know, buy their clothes at Goodwill, and the other person may go, you know, Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's drive throughs and, um, uh, you know, buy their clothes at Bloomingdale's, or, and all of a sudden, you know, they're going to they're gonna look at the types of things that are important to them slightly differently. So how they look at things and what's important to them, what their value system is, that's the psychographic part of the branding equation. Yeah. Yeah, and that's taking things to a level that we frequently don't see with branding. Now, I'd like to get your reaction to something here because a lot of times when people hear the word branding without taking time to truly understand the concept, and this is something where you and so far everybody else who's been on Business Creators Radio Show discussing branding, I think are going to agree is that the basic definition of branding that gets thrown around is like, you know, your logo and your color swatch. Is that really branding or is that merely a component? I think it's a component. Right. I, I, I think it's an element of the branding process. Right. Yeah, I mean, and you, and you do need to pay attention to certain colors. I get the importance of that because depending on who, you, you know, if you look at your demographics and your psychographics and, you know, who it is you're looking to attract to your message, you need to adjust your colors accordingly. If you're looking to uh, create a certain presence, you may need a different color for that. Uh, like, for instance, uh, the difference between dark royal purple and sort of a uh, pastel purple. Do those not say two completely different things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for instance, a yoga studio probably isn't going to put red in their logo. That's it's right. It's just a, a little, you know, it, it, it's a little different. Or, you know, and, and, and when people talk about logos, it is not just your colors. It is not just the hickey, the graphic icon that you use to, um, that you know, whether you create it or, or take something that exists already, but right. it's your font. And in the old days, and I go back again to the 60s and 70s, the, the kerning and the letting between letters and between lines were, were, you know, important as well to help create a feel. Do you want to be open? You know, you may not want a very tight script. Do you want to be bold? Well, maybe you don't want some type of italic, you know, different, different things like that. So your font is actually also a very critical element in that graphic identity. Yes. You know, you know what I'm thinking of here? I was at a cigar shop last night uh, down um, in Las Vegas in kind of the uh, downtown section with a view of the strip. And just the way the cigar shop is positioned, right outside the window, right across, it just screams at you. You get a perfect full frontal view of the Trump Casino. Okay. And the daytime, it's a big golden building. At night, it's a very dark building with the word Trump at the top just blazing gold. Interesting. Right? Now, I, uh, compare the Trump Organization logo and design, you know, the buildings, the real estate, the golf courses, the product lines and right. things like that, to Donald Trump, the candidate. Yeah. 
you only need to look at you know, you only need to look at two things to understand the two very major differences in branding that are going on, all coming from the the same persona and the same individual. You have the Trump Organization, which is the investments, and you have the Trump political campaign. Uh, look at the difference between Trump.com and DonaldTrump.com, and you see the different logos, the dramatically different colors, and I mean, there are certain correlations between them because it is coming from the same place, but you can tell that there are two completely different sets of psychographics involved here. Right. I'm going to have to look at those when we get off this show. Yes. Yeah. Right. So that would be an example of what you're talking about right there. So uh, what are are some of the basic elements of branding uh, Abigail style? So, so branding Abigail style is we do talk about you. I mean, we start the conversation with what do you want, what do you do, why do you do it, who do you think you do it for, you know, what what um, what's the backstory? Because I do think it's important, even business brands. And I look at I don't look at branding Abigail Tiefenthaler. I really look at branding Sweet Spot Strategies. But Abigail Tiefenthaler is a huge part of Sweet Spot Strategy since I'm right. a solopreneur. So in the personal branding conversation, you are going to address your hopes, dreams, fears, non-negotiables, etc. Then I like to really go in and hone in on the client, especially if you have multiple products that you sell. I really want to understand, well, why one product versus another? Does the market differ um, I was talking today to somebody who sells products directly to a consumer but also can do credentialing in her industry. So that's for a business, you know, a B2B type of marketing versus a B2C type of marketing, you know, business to business versus business to consumer. So we get into that and we really talk then about how much that person, how much that business owner knows about their client. Because, again, there's a lot of business owners that really want to sell product, and they haven't really taken the time to understand their ideal target. Um, I get people who say to me, oh, I have such a unique product, I don't need marketing. You know, that's the wrong answer. Right. Or I, I can market to everybody. That's the wrong answer. Very I'm wrong. a fan, yes. you know, I, I'm a fan of the micro niche. I'm a fan of having you hone your target down so specifically that they are such a clearly definable audience that you can find them and that they can find you because your messaging is unique to the problem that's waking them up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right. And we, uh, most people don't do that. They don't spend the time because they just want to start doing stuff. Strategy, vision, work. That's boring. You know, that doesn't translate to I have a Facebook page or I have an email campaign or I have a new ad going into this magazine or newspaper. Yeah. It's the prep on the wall before you put the color that makes the room look pretty. Oh, don't I know that, having painted a few walls in my day. <laughs> there you go. My husband and, was a painter, so yeah. we talk a lot about that. 
when I when I yeah when when we were growing up, uh, my dad built our house while we lived in it. It was this originally uh-huh. this very old house. It was about 150 years old that they picked up pretty much on the cheap with the idea that uh, he was going to use the foundation and the structure of it to build the house that they really wanted to live in. So some of right. the rooms were actually remodeled while we were living with them. They had a general contractor come and replace the back half of the house, and uh, just over the course of all these different eras of the construction because it took them about 25 years to get the house that they truly wanted you'll notice that uh, there are some differences in the house depending on what part of the room you're in right but what with the reason i'm bringing that up actually is because one of the first rooms and this was one of the, the original it was one of the two original rooms of the house because it was really just a, a little two-room house way back when was my bedroom when they painted the walls i think i was about seven at the time uh my dad let me draw and marker all over the walls. <laughs> that was a first and last time. <laughs> there you go. He wasn't, sure. he, he wasn't upset about it because he let me do it, but uh, I think he had to apply, what, about nine coats of paint to that? <laughs> right. Yeah, marker's hard. Yes. If you're not, especially if you're not priming over it. Uh, this was including the priming. Oh, geez. The drawing was okay. done. The drawing was done right on the plasterboard, but it took all those oh. layers of primer and paint to cover it up. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something we need to think about with our with our branding is what lurks right beneath the surface. Because this is it. Ideally, every business owner can benefit from having a framework to their business. Yeah. And what you know, a framework. It's always a movable feast, so you can always move the frame at any given time. But the framework gives us direction and focus and clarity. And those are three things that stop business people cold. Yeah. You know, on top of knowledge and fear. I mean, you know, for a lot of my clients, it's fear of technology. But the, the framework helps you with that clarity, that focus, now you can prioritize. Now you actually can put pieces in place to actually reach your goal. It's it's just such a critical part, and, and a lot of that work is done in the branding, you know, phase of building your business. Right. That's ve- that's very that's very true. Um, now here's a question I want to throw at you, and this is uh, something that was actually submitted by somebody who found out that you're going to be on the Business Creators Radio Show and wanted to get this in. Is what about changing your brand? What if you are in one line of business and want to be in a different line of business, or maybe uh, you want to change the offerings you make, or you recognize that you're hitting an audience that isn't very profitable, so you want to move into a different niche or attract a different type of psychographic. What are the, some of the proper steps for transitioning in a brand, a way that's not confusing and doesn't cause you to lose fans and followers unnecessarily? Uh, so that's a, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, there are a couple of different ways that you can do it. One of them is there's a lot of people who just constantly, constantly, constantly brand themselves. And I don't know that that's a successful strategy if you know if you're going from selling hardware to ice cream you might actually close down the hardware store and open the ice cream store right right so that's a conversation but then the common element is is that they're both retail 
So um, the common element is that it might be small town. The common, you know, there's common elements. Most people don't veer that far from one extreme to the other, or at least they haven't really looked at why they're doing it. Perhaps there's a reason that would add some commonality or give them some commonality in how they get into the conversation. I'm not sure if your uh, listener is asking about the graphic approach of it or the positioning of it, if I'm that gonna, makes I'm, sense I'm, to you. I'm going to assume all of the above. Okay. So um, if, you know, if they're going from realizing that they want to talk to teachers and now they want to talk to nurses, as an example, I, I'm, I'm kind of drawing at straws here, so bear with me if I'm not getting it right. Um, sometimes it's just like tweaks to the to the logo. If the logo is general enough, for instance, I talk to you know I talk to ten million dollar a year businesses, and I talk to entrepreneurs who are starting starting companies. I don't change my logo. I change how I speak to them. And I, but I, I do that then in the qualifying and in the marketing pieces, but my positioning doesn't change. I still think my overall vision and mission is to help business owners run better businesses. So I don't, I, I, I would use more nursing lingo than teaching lingo as a part of my marketing, my, my content, but I wouldn't change my logo just right. because I switched from one target audience to another, right? That that that, and that's and that's kind of important too, because uh, and that's kind of a foundation of public speaking, which is you take those kind of things in consideration depending on who your audience is. Uh, even if you're right. going from one podcast to the next, you may do some research, or you may just outright ask your host, "Who are your guests?" And you may make some well, subtle changes in your terminology or your anecdotes or your message to meet that audience. Right. I mean, for instance, as, I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I do consulting in the direct sales industry. Yes. And I've been involved in the direct sales industry because I happen to love the business model. And I happen to think there's some amazing products available through direct sales. Yes. Um, but I don't speak to my entrepreneurs about my direct sales business unless that entrepreneur is, a direct, is in direct sales too. Yeah. Um, I spent 16 years working in the promotional products industry. So I actually work for one of the associations. I will do webinars and whatnot. Everything I talk about is very geared to the trials and tribulations of being in the promotional products industry. Yes. And how to, but so I position my business support, my consulting support, the fact that I work with private clients or that I, can help with branding and marketing specifically to some of their issues because I know them, if, if that makes sense. That makes, that makes dollars, not just sense. <laughs> yeah, so uh, awesome, awesome. Now, overall, uh, what are some of the results that people can expect when they do their branding properly? How does branding set up a company for success? Well, it sets up a company for success because it helps them create marketing that can be effective and results-driven. Um, I think it's very hard to put in marketing tactics, and that's content, that's the media you're going to use, that's the frequency you're going to use if you don't know who you're talking to. Right. So if I have a boat company and I'm putting 
you know, if and I want to get involved in social media and I'm now going to get involved in women groups, I may not be as effective as if I was looking for, you know, groups where there were men, outdoors, sportsmen, et cetera. If I wanted to do advertising, same thing. You know, advertising in Cosmo may not be as effective as advertising in men's life if I'm a boat manufacturer. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's a part of it. Because this is, this is the thing about marketing. Ultimately, your job as a business owner is to get your prospect to go through a decision-making process to create that know, like, and trust with you so that when that customer is ready to buy, he starts the sales process with you by asking to know more. And if, if your branding isn't aligned with who you want to serve and where you want to go, it's going to be really hard to find those right prospects to have that conversation with. Right. So branding sets up your content, it sets up your media, it sets up your frequency. It, it, it's just such a foundational element. You know, it's like building a house. You can't build a house without some type of foundation. And that happens in the branding phase. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. So um, overall, um, you know, what do you consider to be the basic elements of branding? Just as we get towards the end here, we start to put things back together again. The, the basic elements, again, there's a component on who you are. There's right. a component on who your ideal target audience is. And then how do you translate that into a graphic identity? How do you translate that into a name, a look, a tagline, a positioning, and then you segment it into a marketing strategy, and then what are the tactics you're going to do to support the strategy? Right. Okay. Great, 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 great. I mean, this is a, I mean, as I said, this is overall a very, um, a very, you know, fantastic, um, topic that we're talking about here and uh, what I want to circle back around to and this is something I think is on a lot of people's minds is you know we talk about branding and then we link it to things like reputation management so what do what what is your tactic and what do you recommend let's say your brand takes a big hit somehow right uh whether you you get blasted or or you just screw up I mean there's a lot of different things that can happen well, I think I think a lot of it has to do with what type of person you are. I mean, you know, Donald hits it directly square between the eyes, right? He he holds no punches back. And, we're talking and about we're talking about part. Donald Trump here, yeah. Yeah. So so you know where where Hillary is going to be a little more calm and a little more detached and a little more you know let's just see how everything plays out. You know, we can take a look at a recent. Um, media kind of debacle and that was with Paula Dean. You know, I, yeah. I think it, instead of, you know, crying victim, had she come out and said, look, whatever my brother did, my brother did, and I'm responsible and accountable for this part of how this whole situation got out of control and I apologize and I just want to move on. Martha Stewart, right, went and spent eight months in jail and she's stronger than ever. Yeah. You know, so... So the, the management comes, and, and I can even go back to, you know, my promotional products days. 
I used to say to clients, I mean, it's not a matter of if I'm ever going to screw up in a, a project. It's going to be a matter of when right. and how you deal with it. You know, are, do, you, do you assume responsibility for what happened? And it, that's really it. It's getting out in front of it. I mean, whether it's a small little thing and it's a mea culpa or whether it's a huge thing and it's a public apology or whether, you know, at some point or another, sometimes you, there's a saying, right, about, you know, you, you, you kind of give in on the battle to win the war. Right. Right? And um, that's reputation management. But it, a lot of it starts with being responsible up front. We were talking about, you know, social media and how some people can show up on social media you know, again, if if you wouldn't say it to somebody's face, don't say it. Because we get in trouble more with our words than we do with our actions. Uh, that, you know, with with having a product that's bad or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, just, uh, you know, think, tw- you know, how about this, right? It used to be measure twice and cut once. How about think twice and say once? <laughs> you <know>? Okay. <laughs> Measure twice and cut one. Think twice and say one. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to go with that answer. How's that? <laughs> yeah, you, you you touch on something that's very important here, and this is you know you know we do, we do the correlation between branding and reputation management. Reputation management is a function of your brand. I right. have been in situations where I needed to make a decision about like a service provider or something. Uh, like for instance, uh, there was a little incident a few months ago where I accidentally didn't take the turn hard enough in a parking lot and uh, my bumper came into contact with somebody else's bumper. Now the, oh. now the branding issue is not mine because that's just a that's just a simple bump in the parking lot. You turn that over to the insurance and it's made whole. But my issue right. was is I needed to have that fixed. And because I leased my car, I had to have that fixed like new, not like not like okay to get by. Because at the end of right. 39 months, I got to turn that thing in, and that's what people are looking for. So there's a certain level of trust that needs to go into place. Because when you turn a car in after you're after you're done with the lease. They look underneath and they look for evidence that things been wrecked. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I mean, this is this is not like if you're just gonna own a car and eventually sell it to a, a private party, where chances are they're just gonna look at it and make sure the bumper looks intact from the outside. They may not see that. Uh, well, the brackets never realigned again, so it's being held by duct tape. Uh, no, in my right. case, the brackets gotta work. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, and when it comes to auto body repair, I've seen some cases of people getting burned really bad. In one case, we had electrical wires running against a serpentine belt, and this was somebody's idea of replacing a front end of a car. So I had to, um, you know, this was in Las Vegas. I didn't know the lay of the land in terms of the local mechanics and body shops, what have you. So I had to find a shop that was close to me because I didn't want to travel all the way across this town to deal with that. And uh, I had to go pretty much on spec. I went to their Yelp page, and I found out that they had a rating of about uh, 4.8 out of 5 or something. Now, okay. that, w- that, was a- that actually felt better to me than 5 out of 5. Right. The reason being 
is there is no way everybody in that situation gets satisfied. It just doesn't right, happen. Screw-ups right, happen. and technology. Yeah, screw-ups happen. Some people uh, cannot be pleased in any way, shape, or form. Some people just right. like to yell. And uh, there are people who, uh, and it is very true, that in terms of unsolicited feedback, uh, you usually get your lovers and your haters. You don't get the people that just liked it. Right. I so agree with you. When I was looking at it and I was on I was on the line with my insurance company and they were telling me this is one of their certified shops, which means you don't have to deal with anything, they just cut them the check. Uh, right. I'm looking at this while I'm on the phone, it's like, okay, this review is good, this is good, this is specific. Okay, so where's the negative reviews? Because I wanted to see how they handled their haters. Right. That's what actually sold me on it. I found that they had uh, there were a couple instances where people were very dissatisfied with their work, and I wanted to see how they handled it. And I was satisfied with how that went. Right. I. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I think it's true. It, it's like I said. It, it's not a matter of if I ever do something. It's a matter of when I do it and how you deal with you know the problems and the and the accountability and making the problem right. Yes. That's really key because we right. are human, you know. Yep, and that ultimately becomes part of your brand. So we are right at the top of the hour, so I wanted to give you just uh, one minute uh, to share with our listeners because I imagine there may be some folks out there who want to take things to another level, maybe so interested in this they want to learn more. So how would somebody contact you, and uh, do you have something for us today? Um, I am always open to, to giving a, a free strategy call. And it really should be a free answer call because I have this habit of premature diagnosing syndrome where a lot of times I will toss the problem and be able to help somebody fix it right away. But So um, you can go to my website, which is sweetspotstrategies.com. Uh-huh. Uh, you can call me. Um, I don't mind giving my phone number over the air. And um, you can email me. So ab- emailing is abigail at sweetspotstrategies.com. Uh, right. My Facebook is Abigail May Tiefenthaler. And, um, you know, I'm on Twitter at My Sweet Strategy. I, I'm pretty, I'm on LinkedIn at Abigail May Tiefenthaler. So um, I am findable very easily. <laughs> That's what you and that's what I you and I have both going for us. Uh, we have names that not a lot of other people have. We're relatively easy to find. Right, right, yeah. And and I would love to talk to anybody who really is interested in, you know, finding some clarity, focus, and um, organization in their business, or is looking for some vision and strategy, or uh, is starting a business and trying to figure out how do they create packages. Um, that's, those are really all of the things that I do. And I, I, you know, will tell you right now, we will start in the branding phase and make sure you like how you show up and who you are and then take it from there. Very, very good. So, um, if you could just say for our recording, I believe your website is sweetspotstrategies.com. I just want to make sure people are able to find that. Yes. Yep, and I remind all of our listeners that our guests on the Business Creators Radio Show have a profile on our website where the link to their website and their social media is available to you, so you can choose to engage at your own level on your own time. We're all we're all about creating connections as we work together to win at the game of business and marketing. So uh, let me just say, Abigail Tiefenthaler, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Oh, thanks, Adam. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it.
You bet. Thank you. Uh, thank, uh, you bet. No problem. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win the game of business and marketing. <laughs>